come on, yeah, come on, it's like that, it's like that. Hello and welcome to my young, loyal listeners of Teen Bible Study Talk in 10 Minutes. So what do you know? Word on the go. This podcast is brought to you by and produced by Real Time with the Bennett, where real talk happens all the time. I'm your host, Minister Bennett, of today's episode, and my co-host is... The lovely Sister Bennett, as my husband affectionately calls me. Thank you for allowing and trusting us to be a part of your Christian walk. In this week's episode, we are closing out this awesome series on confidence. And for those following along, we did not skip part five because we felt the material was covered throughout the series. But we will be discussing today confidence in times of testing according to God's word. We are back live in PNT Podcast Studio with another great lesson for another great week. And as I told you in my intro that, yeah, we did skip over part five, which was confidence and fear. But we felt like we covered fear in some capacity throughout this whole lesson. So we didn't want to bore you with it again. So again, anyone who's following, we skipped it because we felt that it was already being covered in another lesson throughout this uh, series that we're in right now. So let's get right down into it. We're going to talk about times of testing, right? That is really important in the life of a Christian. So what is the world and the biblical meaning of testing? That is very, very important to to, to get out here. Take measures to check the quality, performance, or or reliability of something, especially before putting it into widespread use or practice. See, so we test things to make sure that they work. So let's see what it says in the Bible, James 1 and 12. Blessed is the one who preserves under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. That's quite awesome, isn't it? This verse sets this lesson up perfectly. It starts with a gift. Then what we have to do and a graphic explanation of what the gift or reward is, followed by a promise by God. See, I just kind of broke that scripture down into in little pieces just like that. And that's how you study the word of God. Now, let's ask ourselves how many people have missed out on this free gift and reward for not having faith in the promise or the person that made the promise. Now, when I say the person, I'm talking about God. How many times have we missed out because we just haven't trusted God or we don't have faith to trust God? We shouldn't live by faith in order to get something from God. Living right should be a way of life by now as Christians. So I want to I step back for a second. We shouldn't be living by faith in order to get that free gift. That free gift is a product of us living right. God shouldn't have to constantly place a carrot, something in front of us to motivate us to live for him. He shouldn't have to do that. Your parents should never have to say, if you clean your room, do all your chores, behave and we'll get you. Yeah, you fill in the blank. They shouldn't have to do that. You should always do those things because of the love you have for your parents and because it's the right thing to do. No different than we have love for God. Our love for God should be all the motivation we need to live in faith, to trust him through all the situations we may find ourselves in that will require faith in God to see our way out. Let's look at this in another scripture. Job 23 and 10. But he knows the way that I take when he has tested me. I will come forth as gold. Amen. (laughs) Powerful. This is an interesting scripture, though. 
We find Job saying that God knows about each and every time we are tested. How you ask? Easy. God allows the test. Please, and I mean please, do not confuse God's faith test with Satan's temptation. To tempt and to test are two very, very, and I mean very different things. God is never going to test you with a situation that could lead you away from him. That's Satan's job to pull you away. God will never push you away. I want you to get that. He will never push you away. Temptation, on the other hand, will always offer you an option that is the opposite of everything that God represents. Here's a famous scripture that you should know. You cannot serve two masters. You will love the one and hate the other. God's test will make you decide between him or blank. See, that's not a tempt because he will always offer himself to you. As an example, when things aren't going your way, will you trust him to get you through or will you take matters into your own hands? Here's an even better example that just came to me. Adam and Eve, they were tempted by the serpent, Satan, to do something God told them not to do. You see the complete opposite here? And my last example as we go to break is Numbers 11 and 4. I want you to read the whole chapter 11. The people complained about the freedom God provided them when God sent them into the wilderness. Okay, They went into the wilderness because they were in bondage. So God offered them an escape to the wilderness. But they preferred a life of bondage because they could see what the Egyptians were offering them. They lacked the faith in God's promise of a land full of milk and honey. So don't go nowhere. We'll be right back after this short break to continue times of testing. We are back live in the PNT podcast studio after that short break. And we're going to look at some practical questions to evaluate your confidence during times of testing. Yes, I got some questions for you. Just like a real test in school, a test is given to evaluate how much of the information or material you've actually learned or retained. Now, let me switch that up and all around. Living as a Christian is not about retention, which is only 5%. It's about 95% action. It's about how do you live what you've learned through the Word of God. That's okay. I got you. Through my research, I found five great questions you can ask yourself on a daily basis to measure where you are. Got you. Number one, does your faith cause or bring you to obedience. Let's look at Luke eleven twenty eight. 28. It tells us, blessed are those who hear God's words and obey it. This should not be a shock to anyone. The Bible serves the purpose of recording the goodness of God and all that our ancestors went through out of their disobedience without a Savior. Keep that in mind. It also serves the purpose to educate us what God requires us to live a life of obedience. The faith in this verse may not be apparent, but it is. Obedience moves us to be blessed by God. Like I've told you kids before, your parents shouldn't have to motivate you to do good. You should do it just because. And by virtue of doing the right things, your parents will bless you from time to time. There's no guarantee what the blessing will be, but they will. Number two, do you live through your faith? Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. It tells us, that we are to walk by faith and not by sight. This means each morning that you get up, you have to make a declaration to follow, to listen, 
and respond to God's guiding voice. It means you have to stand still and wait to hear God's voice before you move. I know it may seem hard to wait on God to decide whether to go left or right, or whether you witness to this person or that person. Trust me. Wait. Trust God. It gets easier the more you do it, just like anything else. Number three, has your faith grown? Let's look at 1 Corinthians 13 and 11. It tells us, when I was a child, I spoke and thought as a child. I understood as a child. But when I grew up in my faith, I put my childish ways behind me. No, no, and no. I'm not saying you have to grow up today or overnight. But there has to be some progression from your day one experience as a Christian to your current day life as a Christian. You've seen the evidence of Christ's saving power in your life on more than one occasion. So there should be no reason why your faith should be a question or not whether you should trust God in any situation you find yourself in. It shouldn't be a question. Number four, can people see your faith? Let's look at Luke 9.26. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the angels. This is very dangerous scripture to force Christ to activate. Yes, I use the word activate because this scripture is only activated when we appear to be ashamed of Christ. Christ is your advocate in heaven. When we pretend to be something other than Christians after we give our life to Christ, we are in no way walking in our faith. We are walking in self. If you go back two verses, we are told the consequences of walking in self. Luke 9, 24. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, basically save their earthly life and their image and their rep. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. Basically let Christ's light shine or be seen through them so others can see Christ. That's living out your faith so others can see it. Number five, do you share your faith? It can be interpreted by your lack of sharing of your faith that it is not as valuable to you as as it should be. We can't put a price tag on what Christ's sacrifice meant to us. He did something no friend would ever do for you. And I want you to think on it. And I want that to sink in. He died to save us when we didn't even love or even like him. When we were living in direct opposition to everything God was. The thought that a man would hang on a cross, be beaten, be spat on, and left for dead for sinners like us. Yes, you and I, my young loyal listeners. I don't know about you. It makes me want to tell everyone I know about this man called Jesus and his father. Who extended me a personal invitation into their family where I could live on forever. Hey, let's see what they're rapping about over here in the conversation corner. Hey, Minister Bennett. What y'all rapping about over here? We were chatting about how school was going, and one student said it would be great if I could pass these tests. Some of the other students agreed. They said that they can do well with all of their other assignments, but when it came to testing, they freeze up. And of course, this could be attributed to many different things like not studying, lack of sleep, fear of failing, which is in line with the biggest things, pressure and time constraints. Sometimes we feel like we won't have enough time to finish or that we studied this, but what if it's a trick question and you find yourself spending a lot of time on that question? When this happens, I want you to exhale, take a deep breath, and start again. Get clarity. 
As Christians, we will be tested over and over again. We will have obstacles we will need to overcome, whether it is choosing the right friends, choosing the right places to hang out, choosing the right things to do. Each one of these things have a testing aspect to it because you've heard me say it before, to every choice there's a consequence. Just like those multiple choice questions on the test, so it is in our Christian walk. Only one choice is the correct answer. You can't pick the one that may seem right, looks right, or even feels right because in the end it could be very wrong. Now, in looking at the spiritual side of testing, remember that God will test our faith to see if we are who we confess to be, if we are his true soldiers, or if we are playing the part and not taking it seriously. You have to be confident in your walk so that when those tests come our way, we pass. When our faith is tested and we pass, we grow in different areas. Check this out. In James 1, 2 through 4, it reads, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So when we are tested, it's for our own good. It teaches us how to be patient, not spazzing out when something goes wrong, not wanting to hurt ourselves or others when things are not working out, not wanting to give up because we fail. No, keep on moving. Keep on trusting. Keep on believing that you can make it through that thing. Man, I have to repeat that to myself because sometimes when I'm tested and I fail, I do spaz out without thinking, but I quickly come to my senses. <laughs> okay, sometimes not too quickly, but I do. And when I do, I ask for forgiveness. So don't give up. Let patience work in you and let that be the correct choice of your multiple choices today. And if you just so happen to lose your patience, I want you to exhale, take a deep breath, ask for forgiveness, and start over again. Oh, and don't forget, we feature some of your comments or responses, respond to your questions on the fourth or fifth week of each month. So drop us a line. We love to hear from you. Hit us up at pntpodcast2020 at gmail.com. In summary, the importance of having confidence in times of testing. No one likes to be tested for something they haven't adequately studied or prepared. You then would have to look in the mirror and ask, whose fault is that, that I'm not prepared? God would never give you a test that you aren't prepared for. How do I know this? Look at Job. Look at Lot. Look at Saul, who became Paul. Here's one you can relate to. Look at young Timothy. He was once a young loyal listener like yourselves. Take a second. Take a minute. Take an hour. Heck, take a day if you need to. But whatever you decide to do, be sure that the time is spent living, demonstrating, and sharing your faith with someone else so they can see Christ through you. The test of faith is whether I can make space for difference. Can I recognize God's image in someone who is not like me, whose language isn't my language, whose faith isn't my faith, their ideals are not mine, and they are different from me altogether. If I cannot, then I have made God in my image instead of allowing him to remake me in his image. As always, please don't forget to subscribe and share so that you and your friends will get all future notifications when new and exciting episodes are uploaded and posted. Until next time, stay safe and live a life holy and acceptable to God. After all, it's your reasonable service. With a special thank you to LJ Productions for post-productions editing techniques that's used for this podcast. This podcast was sponsored in part by the Body of Christ Church in Waldorf, Maryland, Pastor Kenneth E. Stewart, its Christian Education Ministry, in association with Real Time with the Bennetts. Or Real Talk What? You got it. Happens all the time. Yeah.
It's like that.